What is going on guys and welcome back to the podcast. So today is a little bit different. It's actually not just myself today. So we've got Chen Yang here as well and we're going to be doing a joint episode for the Lean365 podcast and also the Aspire Coaching. Chen Yang, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm not too bad. How's your lean so far? It's been pretty good. Um, went for a run in the Dubai heat. How you're managing that? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's very uncomfortable. But um, at the same time, I think it's like really rewarding just like having a full on sweat for like an hour. Um, and then otherwise just client check-ins, the usual live yeah, online coach really. Yeah. So me and Chen Yang met, when we met actually, I think it was in was it TMP. Yeah, yeah. So we both were on the same mentorship of basically just like improving our mindset for what mm. we do as online coaches. Mm. So yeah, I think it was about six, no, six months ago was it we first met? I think so, yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. time has flown by so quickly. As you can probably tell, she's uh, not from the UK. <laughs> Where no. about from? New Zealand, Auckland. Nice. Yeah. How long have you been in Dubai for then? Uh, so I came here in November, which was very much for a holiday for two weeks mm. as like a layover to actually head back home. And then I just loved it so much that I haven't left since. <laughs> it is definitely like that. Yeah. So what we wanted to touch on today is a few mm. things, just like kind of general discussion, but also going into a bit more the female specific style of fat loss mm. as a lot of clients at FitLab are females. So I wanted to kind of touch on that and just also give a lot of kind of uh, knowledge in that particular area. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to kind of like broaden off onto a few other topics as well. So I guess what we'll start with is what would you say is like the biggest mistake or mm. uh, like problem you see that females have when it comes to getting in shape? Yeah. I think for a lot of females, it's that extreme approach, right? Like just suddenly slashing calories, over-exercising and thinking that that's what's going to build them their dream physique. A lot of it's like doing just heaps and heaps of cardio, right? Um, and yeah. then almost like forming this really negative relationship with food, believing that you can't eat certain foods if you want to lose fat and tone up, which obviously we know isn't true. But yeah. The majority of people still believe in those fads and those, you know, the things that go around on social media. Yeah, where do you think that comes from? More social media or just in general? I think, um, I think just marketing, right? Like all these big companies, they thrive off mm. feeding these lies to people. Um, and I think, you know, when you don't know any better, when you don't have enough knowledge, of course, you're just going to believe whatever there is out there, right? And you start yeah. fearing things. Yeah, no, I agree. What's like the first thing you would do to almost rectify that? So like, if a client came to you and mm. had almost like experienced that in the past, maybe they're like we're living off salads and stuff like that. Like what yeah. do you normally do just to try and find out where they're going wrong to start off with? Yeah. Um, so obviously just kind of looking at their past, right. And like, I guess their mindset towards exercise and food in general, seeing yeah. where their relationship with food is currently. Um, and then essentially just giving them a plan where they do have the foods that they've avoided mm. in the past helping them to see actually like they are making progress now, even though they're having those foods and slowly reintroducing them back in. I think it's just being able to, for them to prove it to themselves that, oh, okay, I, I can actually have these carbs and I'm still making progress. Yeah, for sure. Why do you think women get like quite emotional around like food and stuff? I feel like it is mm. more of a, I don't know, like they sort of turn to food when stuff goes wrong. I know a lot of clients mm. will say to me that like they've had a really tough week at work and it, it seems to be more females that I feel like this happens to. Like I seem like, I feel like guys, maybe they have like different coping mechanisms when mm. stuff goes wrong but with women it's very like emotional eating and stuff mm. i feel like it's a bit of a, a female thing do you agree um i would definitely say yeah i think females probably struggle with it a little bit more than males mm. one being i think in general females females are just more emotional like you know small things will trigger us a lot more than guys for example yeah um sure. and then i guess with those emotions and then even hormones our menstrual cycle it then leads us to having more cravings um 
I think another thing is like in general with food, it's like that dopamine hit, right? Like yeah, you're yeah, stressed yeah. out, you're not feeling great by yourself. As soon as you have a hit of sugar, it's that quick instant fix. Mm. Um, so I, th- I would say it's that, yeah. Yeah, I agree. What about in terms of training then? So I think mm-hmm. that's definitely an area that I know a lot of women struggle with in terms mm-hmm. of weights, cardio, weights making you bulky. Mm-hmm. What's the kind of like experience you've had with that? Yeah. So you know that it's not the case, right? We should be lifting weights. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I think it's because many females lack proper knowledge around training, right? So they do believe that, oh, if I touch the weights, I'm going to look like the guys at the gym. Yeah, for sure. Um, the thing is, though, like most females, they want to turn up, right? Yeah. That's what they always tell like everyone. I just want to turn up. It's an interesting word, that. What, what's yeah. your approach? In it? I mean, it's essentially fat loss, right? It's like yeah. body recomposition in a way that sounds sexier. Yeah, well, it's essentially <laughs> obviously having enough muscle to yeah, begin with, sure. right? Or else you end up being skinny fat and then obviously losing that body fat. I think what a lot of females don't realize is that if they were just to lose body fat and they had no muscle, they still yeah, wouldn't get that tone look. And I that's why it's so hard. Weight loss and fat loss, isn't it? Yeah. Like people just think it's about like seeing the scales mm. come down as quickly as possible. It's interesting where skinny fat is. I use it quite a lot as well. I yeah. <laughs> I know you had that like, YouTube episode. Yeah, like, yeah. What, what, would you, what is skinny fat to you? Like just someone who's got... No muscle and has also just got too much body fat. Yeah, so you know what? Like, that's exactly how I would have defined myself growing up. And yeah, that's something sure. I really struggle with, especially I think being Asian. Like, we're quite petite, but we don't essentially carry that much muscle mass with us. So I would say it's like you feel, you know, you look skinny when you're in clothes. Yes. But when you're naked, you kind of just look a bit pudgy and yeah, yeah, yeah. soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like the, I guess, the worst case scenario. But it's where a lot of people do start. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I always think that, like, because this is a really common mm. kind of like go into more guys again, but this is really common not a lot of guys' positions mm. starting. So normally they try and do both at the same time. So they think they need to obviously lose body fat and they'll try and build muscle. And I think we both know that's quite a slow process. Mm. Like if you're constantly waking up and feeling a little bit different, one day you want to cut, one day you want to bulk. So I always suggest that they lose the body mm. fat first. Yeah. Sure it's pretty much the same with guys, right? We want to try and get as lean as possible. I think it's a difference in terms of how lean if you're a guy or you're a girl, mm. but the goal should still be to get lean. And then I think from there, you can almost like build that basis of, right, now I can grow. Now I can sort of see the areas that I want to improve the most. And mm. I suppose your body's a lot more responsive when you're leaner as well. And then exactly. you know, kind of go into that growth phase. And I think like females especially are very scared when it comes to like bulking, aren't they? They, they get gaining and stuff like that when yeah. I know calories need to be high. Like how high mm. do your calories go when you're in a gaining phase? So the highest calories that I got up to was like 3,800, but that was obviously bodybuilding. So very extreme and you know, just not realistic for a lifestyle goal, I would say. That's crazy. Were mm. you gaining weight on that? Um, I wasn't very slowly because, again, like you have to remember I was coming off from stage lean, right? Yeah. So I was down to 47 kgs. I'm 58 wow. right now. Yeah, so I had absolutely no body fat. So we slowly reversed and got myself up there. Obviously, I still gained quite a bit of weight. Um, but no, like it was it was enjoyable, but also just what in hindsight. What over like, to get to that? Like, Sorry? What time frame did you go from low I calories up to like, that? I think it's like just like four or five months. I see. That's yeah. a lot of food for a, a girl to be on. Yeah, I was having like, um, you know those um, salted caramel rice cakes from m They're so good from yeah, the UK. Oh I my know. God, they taste like crack. I was having a whole pack every day <laughs> as dessert. Plus like all the other stuff I was having, like bowls of cream of rice, yeah, everything. <laughs> How would you feel like at that point though, like when you got to mm. that many calories, like, did yeah. you still have good energy or did you start to feel a little bit crap? Because um, I, I know that, like yeah. when I'm, if, I mean, I think the most I push my calories is probably like four and a half K, but I know mm. when I'm at that, like I do feel a little bit sluggish and mm. 
I don't know, I don't feel as maybe a little bit more bloated as well from the food yeah. intake. It's a little bit more tough. But I know like for some people, it's a position you've got to get to if you mm. want to build muscle. Yeah. Like a substantial amount of muscle. I think bloating wise, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's also why I kind of just like banked on my calories before bed because I was like, okay, if I'm going to be bloated, I'm going to be bloated before bed. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. And what was the like um, goal with bodybuilding? Because you did yeah. that for quite a long time, right? Um, yeah, so when I first started, it was very much just like, I just want to push myself out of my comfort zone. I think it's a great kind of challenge to have. Yeah. Um, and I just, I love discomfort. Like, I yeah. How many competitions did you do? Sorry? How many competitions did you do? Uh, I did five shows for two okay. years. Yeah. Nice. Would you go back to that now or you pretty much finished your bodybuilding days? Yeah, I wouldn't go back at all. <laughs> it's difficult. Like, how old did you almost like? feel about yourself during that period of time like mm. what was your like relationship like with I suppose not just with food but like in general because mm. I mean I, I can only base it off my experience but I definitely felt like I had a little bit of body dysmorphia mm. like I didn't feel great about myself and like, mm. I'd even look at myself and think I wasn't lean and I was very lean if I look back to myself oh, and yeah. I think it's a very like emotional journey yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I competed but I know that it's not something that I would probably do again because I just feel yeah. like it doesn't align with who you are now exactly yeah i think so i just think it like i went through a really difficult period afterwards with food like and i never mm. have I've never had that like in terms of binging and mm. like restricting and like it's it's something i've not experienced before it's something that yeah. i spoke when i um joined tmp about but i think it's a difficult like position to get to but yeah. i know a lot of people the same like who have done competitions and the first one is always the worst one i've got a couple yeah. of friends and it's people that i follow on instagram and like you know, they look amazing. You're like, wow, like this guy's in, looks incredible. And then like a few weeks later, their, their face is like, blown <laughs> up. And you're like, holy shit. Like they've, and, and it's like exactly what happened to me as well. Yeah. I literally remember like PT and one of my clients at the time, I was literally like in an absolute state with eating so mm. many carbs. And my clients was like, your, your face looks really like fat. And I was just like, <laughs> like ouch. yeah, it was like this thrill, like shock. Yeah. I was like, what was happening? I think for a long time I was, mm. I was like in this position of like really struggling to almost pull myself out of it. I was doing like boxes of cereals a night and like, yeah. it's crazy. It's a cereal, it's a cereal, <laughs> I, isn't I it? I couldn't like see things in the right way. I'd yeah, go to yeah. like a supermarket and then look at a dessert for like four people. I'd be like, I'd, I'd literally be thinking I'm gonna eat that myself. Yeah, yeah, the exact same. Yeah. Um, I think especially the first show, right? Because I guess your body and your mind's never been to a place of such restriction for no. such a long time. So obviously I think even just like when you look at like caveman days, right? It's like, it's a survival mechanism to be like, okay, cool. Like I need to yeah. feel my body again and literally. just eat literally whatever. Um, I remember after my first show, <laughs> I sent voice notes to my coach at like midnight crying. And like, I was like, I'm so embarrassed about these voice notes. But basically I had bought all these like post-show cookies. I froze them cause I was like, I'm gonna be smart and freeze them so I don't eat all of them. I went through six of them in one night with a tub of Ben and Jerry's. I then bought a massive like 12 inch piece for myself. Um, That's crazy. Went through, you know, Rice Krispie bars, like yeah. Um, squares. Yeah, yeah, Oh my I know, God, yeah. they, again, they They're were like- They're like a real bodybuilding food, aren't they? Yeah, but they were my <laughs> biggest weakness. So I still vividly remember like just feeling so out of control that night. After all those cookies, I was like sick, but I was like, I need to continue eating. And my flatmate's not home either. So like, this is me time with food. I remember grabbing the squares bars and literally dipping them into like my massive one liter tub of peanut butter, yeah. then to jam and then put a dark chocolate slab on top of it and was just eating through my this whole kitchen. crazy. Yeah. It's like it's almost- a body experience. Yeah, I think so. It's, yeah. it, that's the thing I just, I, it's definitely not healthy, right? Like it's, no. and this isn't to, to slate it, but like, I think that's a genuine problem a lot of people mm. have, especially at the start when it comes to such an extreme goal like that. Mm. I think it's just like when you come off the back of a competition, I know for me as well, like when you're just working towards something for like solidly mm. for 16 weeks, yeah. it's almost like your life is 16 weeks. Like you, you literally are like all in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden like it's done. And I mean, I, 
I did okay, but I didn't get the result I wanted. And mm. again, I was just on this low afterwards of like not really knowing where to turn. And then yeah. I had like a few other things going on in my life as well, which made it tough, but yeah. it just like, yeah, it sent me to this like really like really dark place. And I mean, it, for me as a coach now, it's yeah. almost a good thing because it helps me like, you know, manage it in a way in which I can mm. obviously like relate back to clients. But I think that's the problem now because I think bodybuilding is rising a lot and I think it's in a good way a lot of people are wanting to do it more but yeah. I also think there is a real dark side to it that a lot of people don't talk about in terms of like taking performance science and drugs and yeah. relationships with food and stuff that like no one talks about but is probably happening to a lot of people especially at the start of their, of their mm, career. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got to be a little bit careful which is why I've decided like you I think to switch yeah. to more of a like lifestyle approach. Yeah, what was the um, body dysmorphia like for you? I don't know like I didn't feel like I didn't feel like really you know unconfident in myself mm. or anything like that but I suppose I just like kind of wanted to be in a certain position which I didn't feel like I was in um yeah. and even though like people look at me and like oh you look really lean and stuff I didn't feel lean and like it was just that element of it mm. um and I think yeah like and then obviously getting on stage as well yeah. it was, it was nerve I was nerve-wracking and stuff like that and um it wasn't that bad. I think the worst body's dysmorphia was after. Like mm. the actual show itself, like leading up to it, I was in a fairly good place most of the time because I was mm. really focused on the goal. I was excited. And you just get a lot of like, I suppose like validation and stuff on Instagram and stuff, you don't post, you? And you almost live yeah. off that. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, wow, well, like, you know, this is it. Then after that, that, that's when I definitely feel like I did get into more body dysmorphia and stuff mm. in terms of just like, and I, I never say I was out of shape. Like, you know, I don't want people to pity on me thinking you, you were still in shape because people would look at me and think you still had abs that you still, but to me, like with the amount of weight I gained, which was like a, maybe like a stone in two weeks or something like that. What's which a stone in kgs? So like seven kgs probably in about <laughs> two <laughs> weeks. Yeah, yeah. So I went from like, I think my stage was about 90 kilos, maybe yeah. just under 90, which is really heavy for, for a guy on stage. I was in fitness yeah. model as well. So I was way too big for that category, which yeah. I now realize. But um, yeah, I think I, I think I went up to like 97, 98 mm, kilos. Wow, yeah. And like, for me, that just doesn't look right. Like mm. it, it doesn't look good at all. Um, but I still kind of was holding on to, to some form of ab definition there. So yeah. I wasn't out of shape, but I think it was just the fact that my relationship with food was very poor, it broken down. Um, mm. And it probably took me a good time. I don't know how long it was in total, maybe like a good six months to fully come out of it yeah. and stuff like that. It probably like was when we went into lockdown at the start of 2020 was when I fully sort of, like got back into normal again yeah. and then kind of just I, this is when I started online coaching so mm. it kind of like all led after that but yeah, yeah difficult experience for how sure did, yeah how did you um how did you get out of it because I know that for a lot of clients I don't know about you but like all my female clients have struggled with food and it's yeah, a very sure. hard place to get out of I can't remember like exactly how I think it was just mm. a, a period of time like um it was it was def I definitely remember it was for a long yeah. time I even remember like it was, you know, I'd even go like to my dad's house or like to my mum's house, we'd have like a nice meal and like, I'd have the meal afterwards and I would just be sat there like waiting for the next. Like mm. I wouldn't be able to sit down and enjoy time with family and yeah. actually be present in the moment because I was so focused on food and like, I yeah. would never get full. Yeah. I suppose like when I came out of it, I don't know, but I reckon it was a good six months to maybe like the start, start of 2020. I think it just slowly mm. like spiraled out a little bit. And then at 2020, I went back to live with my mum at that point anyway, because mm. of COVID and I think like the change environment helped as well because before I was living by myself, mm. which again isn't always a, is quite a difficult place. If I suppose if you're not like mentally 100 percent there, yeah, yeah. Um, so being around family helped, and I think it was like maybe like six months. Mm. And then I think with the online coaching and the way that my business then kind of took off quite a lot, mm. my focus went into that. And I think by the time I got to the end of the year, I think changed. I was back to I was pretty much back to a, a good position mm. after that, but yeah. it took a long time, like a really really long time. Um, and I think yeah, in some ways maybe COVID helped to kind of bring myself back to to normal again from that perspective. And 
I think now I probably won't do bodybuilding again for that particular reason. Yeah. This is just one competition as well. Like, you know, one amateur <sighs> competition, yeah, like, I'm yeah. no pro at all. But I suppose yeah. my experience is, is that. And that's, some people probably mm. don't get that. And they may do, maybe do like one or two competitions and it's the best thing ever. And they've got someone who's, you know, can control that, mm. like diet after and stuff and get them to a good place. But I suppose everyone's just, everyone's different. Yeah. So now I, I suppose like you, like I, I like to be more well-rounded in my fitness. Mm. So I don't want to just be, you know, the guy who looks like he's in great shape, mm -hmm. want to be able to perform well and, um, you know, just generally be fit overall, which I yeah. think bodybuilding isn't, is, if I'm honest. Like, yeah. you can say that, right? Like it's, it's really not, it, yeah. People kind of put it on a podium to the peak of fitness, right? But it's it's not, like, if we're it's honest, It's really right? not. You feel like out of crap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're either, like, getting shredded and feeling like you're not mm -hmm. shredded and it's yeah. like a lot of restriction or you're like we've just spoken about pushing calories up super high so yeah. and, and 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 that lifestyle some people they absolutely love it and they thrive off mm. it and like fair play to them and i actually respect them because i think it's a it's a i couldn't live that lifestyle anymore i know mm. just because of like the temptation of you know like living in dubai and stuff as well and like yeah. the amount we've got on offer here yeah. um but i i like massively respect the people that do do it because it's a real it's a sacrifice isn't it like yeah. it's, it's huge it's a real lifestyle i wouldn't even say it's a sport it's a natural lifestyle right mm. like it's completely well, damn, yeah it's normal but um mm. but yeah so now i suppose we've changed it a little bit um but you've just done a marathon right so like what yeah. what was that like i mean i'm assuming not easy mm. um <laughs> honestly it's funny because i never thought i was a runner again like you know i was in this fixed mindset where i was like oh i just bodybuild like this is who i am Never really did much cardio. How did that change? Like, because you obviously you've done like mm. five com contests or whatever, and I only did one. So, what was the switch from not wanting to compete anymore? Yeah. Um. So when I was in London, I think you know my whole circle was just bodybuilders, and I you see. know when they say like your circle's so important. Um. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. 100%. That's that's all I knew. Like it just it didn't even cross my mind that my lifestyle was actually like very different from Gen Pop or like someone who doesn't bodybuild. Yeah. Um. So I became so accustomed to being like okay the only things that matter to me are my business, my training and my macros. I get one off per meal each week. That is it. I track all my sleep, my steps, everything, the T. Yeah, um, yeah, that yeah. just became the norm. Like I didn't even think twice about it. And then uh, when I resigned my corporate job to take like coaching full time, I obviously had to go back to New Zealand. So then I got kind of reintroduced to like my old friendship groups and like bodybuilding is so small in New Zealand in itself anyways. Yeah. Um, obviously I saw my I parents it's, again. Yeah, it's not big there, right? I, it's I don't, not. Yeah. It's so small. There's like maybe like two shows per year and I the see. quality is like very low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, then I, I kind of went back to, I guess, like normal life. And I was just like, there was just so much resistance because it was so hard to be like, oh, I want to be present with my family and have these like family meals because they haven't seen me in years. But yet here I am trying to like weigh out the foods and I'm like freaking out because with Asian food as well, it's like you can't really weigh it out. Like it's just yeah, <laughs> family yeah, made yeah, meals difficult. are not for tracking. Um, and then I think it just like- I kind How of do you go about that? That's, that's a little mm. side tangent, but interestingly, like mm. what's your approach when it comes to like foods like that that are you're difficult to track and stuff? Because I've got clients that are in a similar yeah. position. So um, with our clients, we tell them to take photos of like what their family meals look like. That's a good idea. Because I'm a big believer that fitness needs to fit your life. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, those experiences, those memories are really important. So then we kind of see, you know, from a weekly, monthly basis, what their meals typically look like. I get you. And then it's, ba it's basically like portion control. Control portions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, we use a similar approach, to be fair, which, yeah. which makes sense because you, you're going to struggle to track that sort of stuff. Yeah. And go back yeah. to what you're saying. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. So went back home, like my friends all wanted to see me and I was just like, this is just stressful because um, I'm trying to plan out like weeks in advance when I can see anyone. And then I remember also just struggling with my period as well. I had lost it for three years since like bodybuilding. That's super common, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I lost it before bodybuilding. But that's just yeah. not healthy shit, like for that to happen. And yeah. I've, I've had, I haven't coached anyone to, to bodybuild, but I've had clients that that's happened to or mm. that's happened to in the past. Yeah. Which is a difficult position to be in. Yeah. So I had really lost at uni because I was over exercising and eating and just had no idea what I was doing. And then obviously when I started bodybuilding, it just didn't help. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was very much like, I think like a turning point in my life where I was like, okay, what do I actually value in life? Like, is it to become like a pro bodybuilder or to continue this lifestyle? Or do I actually want more experiences, uh, deeper connections with people, which mm. I believe is built through social interactions and actually eating together and being 100%. able to say yes to more things, right? Um, and do I value actually having like a family in the future, which means I need my menstrual cycle back. Oh, 100%. So it's like just actually getting out of that circle and just being like, wake up, Chen Yang, like what are your true values? Um, kind of aligning all that made me realize, okay, I actually can't continue bodybuilding because I'm not actually going to gain much more out of it. Um, I don't regret it at all because I built so much discipline, so much willpower. Like yeah. mentally I was like, wow, I can do really hard things. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to gain much out of it anymore. I'm with you. And mm. then when did you do your first like, endurance event? Um, so this was when I then signed up with a new coach because I've always believed in like having a mentor yeah, coach 100%. by your side just to push you. Um, so I signed up with Joe and I was like, look, this is where I am right now. I've kind of lost my identity. Like, you know, bodybuilding was my identity for two and a half years. And I just feel really lost. Like I just, I don't know what to do with myself. Even with eating, I was so yeah. confused. I was like, can I just like eat normally again? It's difficult, yeah. I'm like, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> You know, um, so he helped me through that. And then I was like, you know what? I really miss just having some sort of personal goal that's outside my business, like something just for myself. Um, and I had gone for a run randomly one weekend and I was like, you know what? I went for like a 10 minute run. It felt okay. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit hard, but I feel like if we set a goal because I love goals and I love reaching them, I will strive towards this. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, so then we set like a 5K goal and then it kind of went from 5K to me being like, just a half marathon and then it went to half marathon to marathon. You just cracked out a full marathon didn't you, on, by yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Why not? That's, yeah. that's, that's, it's really impressive. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Like, I think having performance goals is important. Mm, I do yeah. think that like, I think to begin with for most people, like mm. I'm assuming it's probably the same with your clients, but you initially want to get them to a certain position, maybe weight wise. So mm. even though the scales aren't everything, I do think that like having a strict goal of, right, we're going to get you to this position. And mm. Whether that's not exactly the weight that's set out, but getting them in good shape. Mm. After that, I think if you don't have a performance goal, you can start to not know what's next and then you can start to slip back to old ways, right? If you yeah. don't have a goal of like, right, I'm gonna you know, even just like improve my bench press. Don't, mm. don't do bench press, but we'll go into that maybe later <laughs> on. But um, maybe like to improve like a, a deadlift or something like that. Like that's mm. another way to, to have like yeah. a focus in the gym. But um, if we're thinking about performance from obviously like what we've done as well, like mm. marathons, even just improving your 5K, it just gives you such like more of a focus. You don't get attached to scale weight, do you? And like yeah. your nutrition and stuff is, easier to manage based off mm -hmm. that. I know that like since performance, since having that for me, it's made a massive difference. Mm. I still yeah. would love to do a marathon. I still plan to do one, but yeah. <laughs> um, maybe for like, maybe in like a few months time. Yeah. I think, you know what, like those performance-based goals also help you improve your relationship with food because suddenly you see food as, okay, this is actually fuel. fuel yeah. I need this to be able to run faster, to be able to lift more. I need this to then recover from my sessions. Yeah. Um, it's no longer seeing exercise and food as just calories in versus calories out, body weight going up or body weight going down, which again, I think really allows people to fully appreciate what like a fitness journey should be about. Like look yeah. your best, but also feel your best and perform Definitely. your best. Yeah, because you come away from just using the scales all the time. Mm. I think that's something that, definitely women get very attached to as well in terms yeah. of scale weight and like mm. almost like being scared to see the scales go up and, mm. and like thinking that it needs to always be going down and stuff. I know there's a lot of women there, but like you've obviously spoken about previously in terms of like putting your calories that high, like would you recommend that most 
females go on high food to get their to get their strength up and their calories high. You certainly don't need that much food. No, that's at that's all, like an extremity, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I think you know with bodybuilding they like it, like they like to really push it to the extremes, right? But I don't think it's actually necessary. But it's also individual based, right? Like I've always been someone who can stomach quite a lot of food, and my body's just it just kind of takes it. Like if my yes. weight had skyrocketed, my coach no way would put me up on that food. But because my weight wasn't really doing much, we kind of had to push it. <laughs> I get you. Um, what's like yeah. uh, if I know it's hard to say unless mm. you have a specific person in front of you. But like, what sort of calories do you put a lot of girls on that they can build muscle? Yes. Yeah, so. On average, most of our clients do work their way up to like 2,500. Yeah. And bear in mind, they're like small, like me and like petite, you. most Asians as well. Um, but that's through a very kind of gradual reverse. Like we do take a very long time to do that. Um, and then, yeah. But that's such a good place to be, isn't yeah. it? Because like when you get to that position, like it's very difficult to then gain the weight back or become mm. out of shape again. Yeah. Because yeah. people people think that a lot of people think that the diet is just the, the only thing. Like when they've lost mm -hmm. the weight, it's like, you can just go back to the old ways. Like, mm -hmm. whereas what, what we do is specifically with guys, we try and get them up to 3000 calories per day. Like that's yeah. our goal because yeah. when they get to that position and they've still got abs, the like the ability for them to one do that would be pretty mm -hmm. hard. Like they'd have to not train for literally weeks yeah, on end. They'd yeah. have to eat so much crap, drink those. Yeah. It'd, it'd be really difficult. Whereas like mm -hmm. if they've just finished a diet and a guy's got abs mm -hmm. and he's maybe had to go down to like, 1800 calories or something like that mm. like his body wants to gain the weight back like yeah. it's so receptive to weight gain like body set point is is out completely so mm. that's a really difficult position to be in so like that's why for us like we we have yeah. phases to get clients to a position as to where like they they can essentially maintain their progress yeah that's not just when they've got lost loads of weight like you know a 12 week or eight week program or something like that which yeah. can be a little bit crazy I think that's also the biggest sort of misconception, right? For a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'm just trying to lose weight, but they don't really realize that part of that is also keeping it off. Yeah. Like, I don't think, you know, the hard part about a fitness journey isn't really the weight loss, it's, it's more the fat loss. Like, no. yes, that's tough, but the hardest part is actually keeping it off because yeah. most people have lost body fat before, yeah. right? They've been able to. And to do it, it's yeah. like, you, whether you're doing it in the right, like the right or the wrong way, an ethical or non-ethical way, like you can lose you can lose the weight, right? Yeah. You could just restrict your calories and people, people, yeah. If the like the reason to get in shape is big enough, like they have a wedding or mm. they're going to Ibiza and they want to be in shape, like people will do anything to, to yeah. get there, whether that is just like low carb. But the harder the approach or the extreme it is, the the more likely the weight's gonna come back. Yeah. And the statistics are just so bad. Like it is literally 95% of people really, will yeah. gain the weight back yeah. after I think it's even like one to three years or something like that, which is crazy. It's crazy. So you, the statistics are like completely against people, mm. like to actually sustain weight loss, which is obviously where coaching comes into play because yeah. people just don't know what to do. It's a lifestyle change, right? Yeah. Like you need to change your lifestyle and your habits from a day-to-day -day basis yeah, or else 100%. you're not going to keep it off. It's like a complete switch in your identity, like your behavior, yeah. right? Yeah. Because if you still think like the person that was smashing 10 pints at the weekend and having a mm. vindaloo, like you you just, you know, you're not going to sustain it. You will go back mm. to that and your body's going to gain the weight back. Yeah. And I think that people, this is why sometimes like the word diet isn't great because people mm. just assume that what they're doing is just a part-time thing and then they yeah. can go back to what they're doing before yeah. afterwards. Yeah, I think it's also like um, a lot of inner work, right? Like it's like actually valuing yourself more now because I think, yeah. you know, the more self-respect you have and the more the more that you value yourself, the more you're going to actually take care of your body, right? Like yeah. a big change for me when I was struggling with food was like actually changing my internal thoughts to be like every time I like felt like I wanted a binge or just say like effort, I was like, okay, no, Ching like you need to value yourself more. Yeah, Treat your body like that's a temple. A difficult, your like, body is not do. a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just those few split seconds of saying that really changes the game because you're like, oh, okay, crap. No, calm down. Do you need to? Yeah. It's difficult. How do you, like, 
what's the easiest way to, for someone to almost like implement that like mindset shift? Just affirmations every day. Just tell really? yourself, like you know, like fake until you make it. Like even if you don't believe that you're, you know you are worth anything and maybe you have such lack of self-belief that you know you look in the mirror and you hate yourself just start telling yourself that you are worth more that you deserve better for yourself i deserve to treat myself better i deserve to treat myself better over time you're going to start believing that that's great and do do your clients do that do you get your clients to do that yes so yeah we do a lot of (laughs) mindset stuff because i think you have a mindset like someone to coach specifically for that or do you do it yourself mainly me yeah. i love that kind of stuff like i think that's what drives me the most um the nutrition the exercise that's cool that's like foundational it's pretty much yeah it's yeah. the mindset it's i'm so like important. oh it's the juicy stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i think yeah. that's what like creates long-term change yeah it's yeah. difficult to get someone that's been out of shape their whole life to actually like believe change that. their mindset and, be- yeah. and believe believe they're a different person mm. i think that's yeah. what i've seen to be a difficult position this is why like, this stuff doesn't happen overnight like mm. people need to actually invest in a proper journey rather than just thinking they're going to be where they want to be in like eight weeks that's also why like those 12-week programs can maybe get you losing x amount of body fat but then you gain it back right because those programs only give you some sort of like calorie deficit which is obvious Uh, exactly but it doesn't change your mindset around yourself no yeah what do you think like a time frame towards that is like do you think like to take someone through a full journey like how long would you specifically need with someone honestly at least a year i would say yeah what is is your program around a year or is it less than that the minimum is three months, but that's just because I know that for at least a lot of females, commitment's scary. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> People are scared to commit. I, yeah. yeah. I guess like when they're bought into it, then they'll see the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. mostly for a year. And I think, you know, those who don't, because perhaps they don't recognize the value of staying on after they've lost the body fat, typically are the ones who then kind of see themselves going backwards again, which is a shame. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think at least a year to really make sure that you know how to maintain you go out, have holidays, have a really great lifestyle while still having coach to kind of help you through that. So then you're in a place where you're like, okay, actually, no, like I know that I'm in a good place now and I don't need someone to hold me accountable because I can hold myself accountable. Hold yourself accountable, yeah. Mm. What's like the obsession with women when it comes to like classes and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. this like, huge like overemphasis mm-hmm. on cardio because that that I believe to be a big problem that females have. Mm. Loads of cardio classes, this just like hit around the living room. Mm, yeah. Do you, does that, is that something that your clients have done yeah. as well? I think a lot of females have done that right as like a starting point for their fitness journey. Mm. One being- Where does that come from? Comfort, mm, do you think? Like? I think one being a low barrier towards oh, fitness, yeah. right? Because it's easier to go in a class with your friends, right? You don't, like if you don't know what to do, you just follow someone in a class and obviously they're fun. It's got great music. Um, so I think it's a great way to introduce yourself into fitness and then- because they don't realize, I guess, the importance of resistance training, or maybe the gym's a bit too intimidating. They yeah. never, they, they don't think it's for them. Um, but then obviously the goals that they want kind of require them to oh, train properly. How yeah. do you like approach that when you get females that haven't ever been in a gym environment before? Like what's mm. your like process to getting them being uncomfortable? Do you like mm. slowly bring them into it or? Yeah. Um, I guess like it depends on the individual, right? Yeah. Like if they're super uncomfortable, it's about maybe just starting at home, like grabbing some oh, dumbbells yeah. and just actually, you know, building some knowledge around resistance training, getting them to actually be more like to understand their bodies better as well. Cause you know, some of the movements, if you've never done it before, it's, it's awkward. You're like, yeah. what am I doing with my body? Yeah. So getting them to practice those movements, um, once they feel a bit more confident, once they feel like, oh, I'm getting stronger. I think just that like mental switch enables them to be like, oh, I can go to the gym and like, it's still going to be intimidating, but I now know that I can move in this way and I know I'm doing things correctly. Um, so just easing their way in. Yeah, they way They in. build confidence. Like I find that 
it's something that happens quite fast. Like mm. when they get into training and like start seeing progression. Like I had a, one of my female clients message me today saying that she had like the best gym session and you know complete beginner like a few weeks ago. Mm. So I feel like it's just the initial yeah. couple of weeks, which is like discomfort. But mm. like we know that we have to break through that to yeah. actually get to a good position. Yeah, like maybe like being unfamiliar with some movements and things like that, which I get. Like it is, it can be scary. Like yeah, I've, especially with gyms being very like male dominated as well mm. and you're going into a weights area and stuff it's not as These easy big as guys <laughs> exactly Grunting. yeah i can imagine so yeah it, it must be pretty mm. scary but i yeah like to get to where women want to get to in terms of the physique mm. they want like it's literally you can't it's just a non-negotiable like yeah from cardio alone it just is simply not going to get it's them to enough. that position yeah. at all um, and it just goes back to what we were saying at the start in terms of like that, like skinny fat, like weight loss mm. versus fat loss. Like you're just going to end up losing lots of weight and muscle. Yeah. Probably damage yourself more in the future. Like cardio is essentially going to get you to lose weight faster. But in terms mm. of actual long term weight loss. Yeah. Even from like looking at metabolism, like you're yeah. not going to be able to eat very much if you have like no muscle mass. Exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's almost like a real short term play. And mm. I mean, cardio is something that I it's still like a, a good tool right but it's mm. not something that we want to be like playing on too much yeah how sure. do you like um approach your like cardio and weights with the clients that you coach like what would be the emphasis do you still get them to do a bit of both or like yeah. fully like into the weight side of things um priorities resistance training yeah um and then obviously if it's fat loss if their goal is fat loss then that's going to mainly come from nutrition Obviously, cardio helps in terms of bringing you into a further deficit when you need mm. it. Um, but we don't really want to go straight to heaps of cardio just because not sustainable. No. It impacts your recovery. Um, so, yeah, really focusing on just getting stronger. Oh, 100%. What's, what about your training? How is like, that split for you like in terms mm. of cardio and weights? Because obviously you're doing right a lot Right now it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I so obviously imagine. I'm doing like a mini cut before Bali, right? So right now it's four days of the gym in terms of like strength training um and then it's two runs so that's more for like the marathon next year that i want to train towards mm. and then i'm doing six times 30 minutes of this cardio <laughs> just from a fat loss perspective that's a lot. Yeah, yeah but but bear in mind i did tell my coach i was like look i really enjoy food i actually don't want to change food i want to see if i can just like move more and see what happens so i'm still eating like 1900 calories um and then on my long run days i eat 1900 and then all the calories i burnt back so you know <laughs> oh, i could be doing less yes yeah, so nice. i could be doing less cardio but i enjoy moving so i was like i'd rather move more and eat more <laughs> Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. When's the next goal of a marathon? We've not got one planned yet. Probably February next year. Next year. Yeah. Did you have you applied for the London Marathon? I have. I'm just waiting for it. I'm just waiting to hear. So that back. could be the next one. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What's yeah. your training going to be like over the next few months? Are you going to carry on with the running, or are you going to pull it back a little bit? Um, when I'm in Bali for like a month, it probably will have to come back a little bit. I'll see how like how I get on, and then once I'm back in New Zealand, then back in Dubai, it's going to be full on. Yeah. What back to lots of running. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, well, hybrid, hybrid, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I definitely need to get back into the running. Like, yeah. I want to, I think a marathon is definitely the next next goal. Yeah. Um, Two halves this year I've done now, which mm. went well, but what, two of them both with a torn pack. So, yeah. yeah <laughs> how is that, that going? How is that going? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's getting better. Like, it's yeah. still the early stages. I mean, mm. the, the op was about eight weeks ago now. So, mm, yeah. I'm still not anywhere close to the, uh, like, <laughs> back to full training, but, it's a lot of improvements. Like the first six weeks was very tough. Like that was very sedentary lifestyle. Like mm. you know, I could hardly even move because mm. they took, they took hamstring, they took hamstring, they took tendon out of my hamstring. So mm. for me, like I didn't expect to to have obviously a, a leg trauma as well. So that was difficult. <laughs> but yeah, I mean now it's just uh, like trying to. I think in the next couple of weeks we should get back to yeah. some sort of like upper body training. It'll be light, and then um, yeah, I mean I'll have to spend like probably a good 
six weeks gaining the muscle back I've lost, maybe mm. eight weeks. I wouldn't yeah. say I've like noticeably lost a lot. I think this is the thing. Like people think that, you know, like clients will have like a week out of the gym because they've got ill and they're like, <laughs> oh my God, I've ruined all my progress. Like yeah. I, what, what can I do? It's like, you'll be fine. Like yeah. I've not trained for seven weeks and whilst maybe I look a little bit different, it's not noticeable. Like people would still look at me and be like, yeah, he's, he's in shape. shape. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's definitely a more of a mental battle. I think that like, exercise in general like is a huge like fuel when it comes to like energy and like productivity mm. and stuff like that yeah. so like not having that for me was difficult because that was literally like my livelihood so not not training and stuff was hard but yeah. i think any injuries and setbacks and stuff like they do come back and make you stronger even mm, though like i'm sure. struggled at points to see mm. even though people are telling me that i was like trying to like see the the light side of it but it's yeah. it definitely is one of these things have you ever had a bad injury or is this like you touch words like pretty good at the moment from an injury perspective um the only injuries I've had have been just like tweaks in my back from like deadlifting or like squatting too much. So it's nothing like massively serious. No, no. But I would say like even that, like, you know, after my marathon when I couldn't really train legs, that impacted my mental health so much. Mm. Um, and I didn't realize at the point, but I was like, why am I struggling so much to like think clearly? Why am I feeling just so depressed and just like anxious? Yeah. Especially when you have like such a big workload and maybe you run your own business, like that training time is for you just to like decompress. Yeah, 100%. So when you don't have that, you're like, oh. <laughs> I felt like almost at times like a bit of a fraud to my clients as well, mm. because I was like telling them they need to be training and like all this. I mean, my, my nutrition was very good. I never let that slip, but definitely without the exercise, it was difficult to be like telling clients to come and do it. Cause I, mm. I find it like, I'm massively against seeing like trainers and stuff that, that don't practice what they preach and aren't, aren't in the shape and stuff. Mm. And they're telling their clients to do that. So that was, that was a difficult thing as well. But yeah, I definitely find like it does really like cement your day in terms of like mm. a structured perspective and stuff as well. Just like losing that is difficult. And this mm. is why I always say to clients and stuff or people that maybe aren't training at the moment, like they think that, you know, exercise and stuff like that is going to take from their day and it's going to, you know, be this like demanding process when actually it's going to provide you with more value. It's going to provide yeah. you with more energy and like, you're just going to feel way better about yourself. And if you're not doing that, then you're probably leaving like productivity and yeah. stuff on the table from what you could actually be achieving. I think there's definitely like a right and a wrong way. Like you don't need to be doing like two hours of training mm -hmm. every single day in the gym. Yeah. Like that's not realistic for a lot of people, but to be in the gym three days per week for say like an hour, like for, mm. for someone that's like a really busy person, like that's I think realistic, but yeah. also is gonna provide them with a lot of value mm. both in and outside yeah. of the gym. Even if it's like just like 25 minutes at home. Yeah, like 100%. Any sort of movement is gonna help you, right? Yeah. yeah, what do you have clients to do train at home? What it kind of depends on? Um, a lot of mothers do just because they have children to look after. They're also working full time, which for me, I'm like, wow, that is just incredible. Yeah. Um, so they'll just do like workouts from home just because it saves them so much time and they can kind of take care of their children whilst they're training. What's yeah. like the minimum like equipment that you would mm. say that a woman would need to train from home? Cause I, I have clients that, mm. that sometimes that are in that position as well. And mm. I think again, it's, I, I suppose with a guy, I think there's more of a reason for them to be in the gym. Again, yeah. it's goal dependent, but I think for a lot of women, they can probably get away from training with home. I think with specifics in place, like mm. what's like the minimum that someone would need to start a training program? Honestly, I think, look, like if we're going to be realistic, if you really do want to build muscle, then yeah, you need weights, right? Yeah. So maybe just a pair of dumbbells. Um, but from a health perspective, from improving just your lifestyle and your, yeah, your mental well-being as well, literally your body's enough, right? If you literally have nothing, make mm. do and just use your body. Like with an effective program, you can still obviously get in better shape by doing something like doing anything is better than nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And what's like the the biggest uh, like cardio perspective you'd get women to do if they were training from home? Would you get them to kind of like more running or like depending mm. on what they're doing? 
Steps and running, yeah. Steps is so underrated, isn't it? Yeah. The amount of people who struggle to get in like even 5K steps, like a lot of people join us and they're getting like 2K each day. And I think how people like, are doing that. Yeah. But it's like, no wonder your energy is so depleted. No wonder you're so tired all the time mm. because you're barely moving your body, right? Yeah. Mm. Crazy. How many steps are you doing per day? I mean, at least 10K, averaging 15 to 16K. <laughs> but on your long yeah. run days, a lot more. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like too hot at the moment, isn't it, in Dubai with the. Living on the treadmill. <laughs> too much. I don't know how you're yeah. at managing the running at the moment. Yeah. Do you know, I've realized it's so, so painful having sunscreen and sweat in your eyes. I bet. Every weekend, I'm like, I'm being blinded right now. <laughs> <laughs> what do you take with you when you run? Like, do you take a lot of water? I now do. When Not I was before. training for my marathon, I wasn't. <laughs> That's crazy. You live and you learn. Yeah. yeah. A marathon in Dubai is impressive. Mm. What was the uh, temperature when you ran it that day? I think it was, it got up to 32, which back then I was like, wow, this is so hot. And now I'm like, huh, 32 is fine. Cause yeah. it's obviously changed it's, so much now. It's weird, it? isn't it? Like how much you adapt. Yeah, your perspective changes. Mm. You're like, oh, it's so nice and cool. It's 31 degrees. So where were you before Dubai then? The UK or New Zealand? Um, London for four years and then New Zealand for half year. Oh, so you're used to UK year. weather then pretty much. Yeah, and yeah. then New Zealand for half the year, Bali and then Dubai. And what's like the weather like in New Zealand on average? So nice. It's just like a nice kind of comfortable. Um, so in the summer in Auckland, it gets up to like maybe 28 degrees, average maybe 25. Winter, it's like 13, 12. It's just, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah, that's something that I want to go, but it's mm. quite a long way from here, right? Yeah. I think it's like 30 hours of traveling. Really? Or maybe less. No, that was the UK. So maybe like 24, 23. I don't know. Yeah. How long do you think you'll be in Dubai for now? Until I want to leave, which I don't see being in the next five years. Like I do want to be here for a while. You think what, just because you enjoy the lifestyle or just because it's like good from a business perspective as well? <sighs> both. I think mainly business. Um, to be fair, like my lifestyle really hasn't changed much since being here. Like I still have my same routine. Like I'm very easy pleased. I just need to train, have good food, have good people around me and I'm fine. Yeah, I agree. I think it's more the energy. Like I love the fact that everyone you meet is on a mission to become yeah. better. They're growth minded. They all have maybe their own business going on, but at the same time they, you know, really value just like experiences in life. It's just, it's such good energy that you don't find elsewhere, I think. I agree, yeah. yeah. I think like there's a, bit of a stigma around mm. Dubai, isn't it? Like people yeah. do think it's just like real like influencer place, but yeah. there is that of course, but yeah. at the same time, like, I think actually, like you just said there, it's such a like growth orientated yeah. place that yeah. if you get around the right people, like you, you can genuinely hit some like huge levels out here. Mm. Like I think I'll probably be, I don't know, like here for at least another five, five yeah. years. The UK is not in the, in the best places at the moment anyway. No, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll probably see, to be honest. Not, I still don't know 100% what the plan will be for this summer, but mm. anyway. Something else mm. that I feel people don't really understand is like when they start their fitness journey, they think, oh, I have to have this like balance. How do you define balance? Yeah. I think that balance is not realistic, especially mm. at the start. I think that balance can start to come into play a lot more than when you get to mm. where you want to be. But it's like anything. If we want something to move fast and we want to get to a good position, then I think that you need to be priority. You need to prioritize rather than balance. So. Yeah. People try and, you know, balance this incredible social life and their work mm. life and then, you know, try and get in good shape as well. And nothing really moves forward because we're trying to spin all these different plates. Mm. Whereas if you just have a singular focus on, you know, really making the, the most out of getting in shape and like following something for 12 weeks, then you're going to get a huge result from that. And it doesn't mean that like other areas of your life have to be put on hold. I'm not saying like don't spend time with your family mm. or, you know, don't go out with your friends. But if you're trying to like enjoy all these things to the absolute max, you're mm. never going to be able to do that. So I think it's good to just maybe like have a couple of big priorities in your life, yeah. whether like what that one is work, one is your physique. 
um, you know, you're going to see things move a lot faster. But mm. I think that like when you do get to a position of being in good shape and, you know, like we've already spoken about, you've you've gone through a little bit of a reverse diet and the calories and stuff are a little bit higher. Mm. You can achieve real balance. I do yeah. believe that you can do that. I think that you can start to socialize more. You can, you know, not track food and things like that and mm. get away with it. Um, but I definitely think there's graft that needs to be put in to begin with. Like you, mm. people think that sometimes, you know, getting in shape is quite easy especially if you sign up to a coach like, oh you know it's, it's going to be easy it's, it's not like we can make the make your life as as kind of straightforward as possible but yeah. there's still going to be an element of sacrifice yeah. and suffering yeah. at times to get to where you want to get to and goal dependent is again but like if people want to really push themselves like you're not you're not going to do that without sacrifice yeah um so i think balance to begin with isn't isn't particularly realistic for a mm. lot of people um but i think over time you will start to become more balanced um and I suppose it's like going to come down to as well as like how quick do you actually want the end result? Yeah. So like I've got some clients that are like happy to to maybe spend six months or like even like mm. 12 months for dieting because they know that maybe some weeks they'll be a little bit off plan mm. and they maybe, you know, they're not going to make the progress quick as what they would have yeah. if they just literally went all in for, for three months. And I've got some clients that will do that and they'll get to a position a lot faster. So mm. I won't say there's a right or a wrong, but I know the way that I want to do something is I want to do something with speed and efficiency. And yeah. like, I think that like, if you want to do it that way, then you're going to have to make sacrifices in other areas of your life. So mm. difficult to, to sort of say what's right for someone. But I think, you know, you need to understand that it, there is going to be an element of sacrifice involved. Yeah. I think it's like knowing when to push and pull, right? Yeah. In life, it's like in all areas of life, you're going to have phases and times where you really need to push one area mm. and you pull back a little bit on other areas. It doesn't mean you completely remove those Neglect. areas. Yeah. But you kind of pull back a little bit. So maybe that's, yeah. If you, it's like, just compromising. Yeah. yeah like you just have yeah. to like understand like, like how are you going to approach your night out? How are you going to approach your social events? And mm. a lot of it's planning. Like I think that if you actually plan and really mm. sit down and think, right, like what, what am I doing this weekend? Like, what is it I can have? Like, what's a realistic and a good sensible option that's not going to see me sitting there eating a salad if I don't want to eat a salad, but like, is there something I can have which isn't going to like literally mm. completely screw the weekend up? Because I think a lot of people just walk into a weekend and they don't have a plan and mm. they just end up like, you know, messing things up and that's the issue. Like if you plan ahead, you you can out often kind of like get around some of these mm. social events and stuff without it actually yeah. being a, a huge sacrifice. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's something that people need to focus on a lot more. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, I think sacrifice, the word sacrifice has a very negative connotation to it. It's almost like actually when we look at life, like if you say yes to one thing, you're going, you're, you're saying no to something else, yeah. right? So there's always going to be something that you're sacrificing. So it's either you're sacrificing your progress for this week. And if you're okay with that, that's cool. Yeah. And you're going to go towards having a few more drinks in the weekend. Cool. If that's good with you, go for it. Mm. Um, but then if you sacrifice the drinks, well, then you're moving forwards towards your physique goals, right? Yeah, There's 100%. always going to be something that you're saying no to if you're you saying yes to something else. perspective, definitely. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like people think that sometimes as well that they, you know, that they have to be losing weight every single week mm. and they can't have a break. Like often I get clients that I literally had a check-in with a client today and like he said that he's got his like son's birthday and he's got like a family barbecue and all these things going on and stuff so i literally just said to him like what do you want the outcome of this weekend to be like what what do you want the outcome like you've had really good progress it's been a fantastic week like do you want to carry that on and like lose the weight and you know wake up monday morning and feel amazing and maybe sacrifice the fact yeah. that it was your son's you know party yeah. or whatever and you didn't quite enjoy it to the maximum or do you want the outcome to be you go all in you enjoy the social event you have beers with your friends and your family you have a barbecue mm. you have whatever you want and just, you have to just own the sacrifice on a Monday morning. Like yeah. if that means it set you back by one or two kilos and you've got to then work your ass off for a couple of weeks, is it worth that? Mm -hmm. So I think like people need to think about what, what do they want the outcome of the weekend to be or like this event and stuff. And you can then start to really understand because you don't mm -hmm. need to be losing weight every single week. Like you don't need to be in a carry deficit all the time. There can be periods mm -hmm. where you can relax it a little bit depending on that. And 
again, it, it goes back to like whether you want to get to the end destination as quick as possible or whether you're happy mm. to like have a couple of weeks of, you know, maybe like not quite making the progress that you'd have liked. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that, yeah. um, what are your thoughts on discipline? Yeah. Discipline. Mm. Yeah, I think that, I think that motivation is is something that's a load of bollocks. I think that like mm. discipline is something that everyone's going to need to be able to get to where they want to get to because like, you're never going to be motivated to do something all the time. Like again, like, I literally think the last podcast I filmed was pretty much on this. Like I'd probably say 50% of the time you're going to really want to work out. Like, and, and that's the same for me as well, especially yeah. at the moment. Like I don't want to work out all the time. I don't yeah. want to eat, you know, really well all the time. Yeah. But if you rely on that to get to your goals, you're never going to move anything forward. Yeah. So I think that when it comes to discipline, like, yeah, you have to be really strong-willed and like your willpower is something that grows over time so the more that you use it the, the more willpower that you build and that mental discipline is going to be extremely important throughout your mm. fitness journey um i think people need to realize that that there is going to be times where they really don't want to do something mm. but if you only do things on those occasions it's, it's literally going to be worthless and i think over time as well the motivational side of things drops and you need mm. to rely more on your discipline um but if you're breaking promises to yourself and you're you know not doing things and stuff it, it it just always leads you down the same road, right? Mm. Like eventually you just kind of tell yourself it's okay not to do things, which is a bit, which is a bad place to be. Yeah. So how would you tell mm. someone, like if they're in a place right now where they just, they lack discipline, they lack willpower, motivation, all those things, right? How can they get started? I think, that, again, this is going to come down to clarity. So like mm. people lack motivation and maybe they lack discipline because mm. they don't know what they're shooting for. Yeah. So like I'll speak to a guy and he'll be like, oh, I want apps or like, I want I want a six pack or I want to look good on holiday. I'm like, okay, but do you know what that looks like? Like mm. we need to find out how much weight to lose. Like how long is it going to take you to get there? Mm. Like what's the realistic weight loss each week? I think that like when you've got clarity on your goal and you actually can start to see it's mapped out and you've got mm. this, you know, this end date that you've set or that's been set to you by a coach, whatever, maybe it's a holiday that creates motivation, mm. discipline. Yeah. So like when you know, right, you can predict to be in that position it kind of just builds this like real kind of like disciplined mindset at the start. Mm. Whereas if you just set this like vanilla goal of like, you know, I want to have a six pack or I, I want big glutes, like mm. it's nothing's going to change because there's no like real plan in place for that. Mm. So really like the, the motivation, the discipline is going to build when you actually have something tangible that you're working towards. Mm. And then over time, like you're, you're just naturally going to become more disciplined. And you know, that's not to say you should get into like this sort of all or nothing mindset, but I do think that, if you don't have a goal in place, nothing's ever going to really move forward. So like, that's mm. one thing that we'll do with all of our clients at the start, like yeah. literally just, and again, like with complete transparency as well, like we'll look mm. at someone and think, right, you've got about 20 kilos to lose, but realistically, you you know, if mm. you want to have a six pack, we're going to have to lose 20 kilos. Um, Probably going to take us about 20 weeks. And like, we can split that into maybe like two 10 week blocks and just be realistic. Mm. But that's, that's what's going to be more motivating to someone rather than, you know, just literally saying that they want to lose some weight and not having an actual specific time frame to lose that. And then, yeah, you're not going to be disciplined or motivated, are you? Like, it's just mm. ridiculous. Like, you're never going to be. So yeah. that's the key, I think. Is that the same with your clients? Yeah, I think that. And also, you know, discipline is like a muscle, right? It needs to be built. So I think having someone to support you there to be like, okay, I'm mm. going to hold you accountable. <laughs> so you start practicing that willpower. You start practicing that discipline. Once you start stacking those wins, yeah. it does become a lot easier, right? Because again, it's like this mindset shift where you're like, oh, I am that person. Like I can do this. Because I think the biggest thing that stops a lot of people is that lack of self-belief again. It's like they tell themselves, but I'm not disciplined. I have no yeah. willpower. I have no motivation. Well, like the more you feed yourself that, or the more- yeah. Right, the more likely you're gonna go towards a piece and be like, well, I'm not disciplined anyway, so mm. I'm just gonna have the pizza. So um, again, I think it just always comes back back down to that mindset, and then obviously building those wins one by one. That's why people need accountability as well. Mm. I think that like, even if you have the best intent and you're the most like 
high performance person on the planet like you still need accountability mm. like we still need to be ha- like, to have someone in our corner that's going to hold us accountable and I think that's probably the biggest trait you get from a coach yeah. like actually having someone that you've got to check in with every single week that's gonna mm. call you out for your bullshit that's gonna give you a pat on the back if you're doing well mm. um in your fitness journey you're going to need that you're going to need someone to make those decisions yeah, as well yeah. like often you can get very like emotionally attached with yourself mm. with your scale weight and stuff like that and it's very difficult to make a decision in terms of like mm. whether you should be changing something up as well so i think that like the value of coaching is huge and yeah. this is not me just sat here trying to uh, sell people into co- yeah. into my program but i genuinely yeah. do think that like, if you want to get to yeah. a position you know fastest and like and actually have a good physique and you, mm. you need a coach like you need someone that's going to actually be in your corner to be able to get you to that position yeah you know i was actually um i was having this conversation with one of our clients last week because i think the biggest barrier for a lot of people is like oh it costs too much yeah. it's too expensive things though like there's such a big difference between like costs and expense well and like how much you're willing to pay because like I think it's a bigger cost if you spend years never reaching your goals, yeah, right? Yeah, the cost of inaction is huge. Yeah, or yeah, maybe yeah. you go for something cheaper. So you buy a cheaper guide, you yeah. don't get where you want to be. So then you buy another one. And then over the years, you've probably spent more yeah. than you would have spent yeah. on a coach one off and then had you know value coming back for years to come. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. I think that there is, a, there is a big like difference in terms of coaching programs and costs and stuff. I, I'm still a big believer in terms of you get what you pay for. I mm, think that yeah. there are some coaching programs that probably are very expensive and it's mm. not to sort of devalue them, but there is also some ones that you know, potentially are a lot cheaper. Mm. But I think that if you get the right coaching program that I always say to the clients that come and work at FitLab mm. is that like, if you genuinely go all in here and you and you listen and you spend six months with us, like you mm. probably won't need a coach again. You yeah. might want to work with us after six months. We have a lot of clients that do and that's amazing. Mm. Like they, they enjoy the process, but if you want to leave after six months, I genuinely think you'll be in a position where you can look after this yourself. Yeah. Like you will be able to, you know, be on high food, you'll know how to maintain the body fat that you've got. You'll be able to maintain your progress. So mm. yes, it's a six month investment, but after that, you might not ever need to invest in your health and fitness ever again. Yeah. And like you say, otherwise every single year, this next like golden bullet that comes out, they're going to find something that mm-hmm. looks cool. And actually like the accumulative cost over the five year period is huge. Far, farly outweighs like what, they would have paid if they were to yeah. invest into the program in, in exactly. the day one. Yeah. So it's like, it's more expensive, but actually costs you less. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's not even taken into account, like the change in lifestyle mm. as well, in terms of like the money that people are spending at the weekends on shit mm. food. And like, yeah. I don't know, like the drinks and stuff and the, all the other things that like point of supplements as well. Like people spend money on like all these things that it, it adds up. So mm. actually like having a coach can rectify a lot of these things as well yeah, like saves you money yeah you're more accountable to where you spend your money in terms of food right you're yeah. no longer binging and buying all these snacks that you don't need <laughs> exactly yeah 100 yeah. percent. and like we can obviously like tailor towards that as well in, yeah, in terms yeah. of you know if someone has got a budget then that's that's something that we can work towards yeah cool amazing well i've really enjoyed our discussion yeah me um, too I hope that it was obviously valuable for everyone listening here as well. Yeah, it's been great to have you on. Um, I think yeah. you've, um, yeah, you've definitely given a lot of advice today. So thank you for, uh, for being on my podcast. Hopefully yeah. it's, it's been valuable for your listeners as well. Yeah, amazing. So for my listeners, um, if they want to find out more about you, where can they find you? So on Instagram, uh, Chris underscore FitLab. That's mm-hmm. probably the biggest platform that I'm on. I'm definitely starting to post on other platforms as well. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to my podcast, which is going to be here. But um, YouTube is on its way as well. Obviously, thanks, to, thanks to yourself yes. with, with some of the recommendations and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, for the moment, it'd be my Instagram, which is the biggest. And how about yourself? Uh, so my Instagram cz.fit mm. and then YouTube's just my full name. So that's C-H-E-N-Y-A-N-G-Z-H-A-O because <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> hard to pronounce and spell. Um, and for those on the YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in again. Make sure you like and subscribe and I will see you guys in the next upload. Cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs>